This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi. Hi. How are you? (laughs) It's Friday, so I am just... I'm doing grand. How are you? I just I just have to talk about this because I felt like my mind exploded when I found it. The refillable travel size perfume containers. Yes. Did you see me post about this? I did. And I I need to know every detail about this. This is my DM in the DM because so many people are like, can you link it again? Can you link it again? And I'm like, just look up refillable perfume container on Amazon. Like, yeah, literally, people. Or, you know, link or click it when I link it the first time. <laughs> but anyways, no, it's so great because, you know, especially if you're doing like carry-ons and like you especially do not like to check a bag. You like to live off of your carry-on. You are a minimalist packer, which I strive to be. Perfume always gets me because I love my perfume so much and I just love the smell that like I had to find something that was smaller. And like these things come in these really beautiful little like chic kind of vintagey looking little travel size things. And all you have to do is take the top off of your perfume thing. So that little male spigot point and jam it down. <laughs> yeah, God, I wish you guys could see what Danielle is doing right now. You jam it down looks, on the top of it, very and, it like, dirty. Sprays, and it sprays up into the chamber. It is like quite the contraption, I must say. It's quite the contraption. But then you just like put it back in and like you have like a travel size that'll last you like the whole weekend or longer. You know, I spray a ton of perfume because I like the way it smells. Yes. But yeah, it's amazing. So that's our DM in the DMs today. We don't get anything juicier. Honestly, Sad. there really hasn't been. There's been people being like, what's your relationship status? What's this? What's that? And I'm like, you think I'm going to answer that? <laughs> well, that's sad for us. Though I know. You know sad, Nothing. For, sad for the gossip queens, but good for you. I hope that people are being kind in your DMs. It also might be the comment controls that I've put on there. Like, you can't message me certain words and stuff so well that was a good boundary I put in place look at you look at you so that actually kind of leads into what we wanted to talk about this episode which is one of our favorite topics to talk about dating we've talked about (laughs) it a few times on the pod Um, we've had some really great episodes with Dr. Helen Fisher Dr. Z talking about narcissism you guys should definitely go back and listen to those two episodes they're very different takes on Mm -hmm. dating one's super positive and happy and the other one gives you all of the red flags on how to not date a narcissist but (laughs) on top of you dating on national TV, we uh-huh. both now are dating in our 30s. And this comes with so many different nuances. And it's very uncharted territory for me. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to like pick your brain a little bit and yeah. like jump in about dating in our 30s. 
it's so weird because it's like we're also healthcare providers and there's it's hard right if you're working different shifts and trying to go out on dates and like meet people that puts like a little bit of like a barrier some people have weird fetishes with nurses and online dating is just uh the worst i know it works for some people but it's just ugh. it's it's like people use it for validation not mm-hmm. to like actually meet and talk to people and it really starts to affect your mental health too totally have you done a lot of online dating or did you try the apps yeah i tried the apps and i would go you know back and forth and be on them for like a month and be like, oh, this is just dumb and frustrating and get off them. And then, you know, a couple of months later, I'd get back on them and, you know, it was a back and forth. Yeah. I would say overall, you know, I kind of want to get into like some of the positives and negatives things that I've like kind of noticed in these past yeah. few months of starting to date. But yeah, Jack, you're the, you're just like living it up in the city. Yeah. <laughs> So dating has always kind of been fun for me. I, You're I definitely woman. oh that's I oh hey thanks for building me up, babe. But I will say I've had a lot of serious relationships in my past, but in between my serious relationships, I always do try to stay single and date for at least a year or two. I think that that's really important to kind of heal and grieve the relationship that you had and just kind of like take your time before you jump into a new one. Mm -hmm. So I do have experience dating. I I dated a lot in my early 20s. That was like the last time I was really single and dating was when I was Mm -hmm. like 23, 24, 25. And so now being 32, entering the dating world, it is completely different. It's so different. Like so different. And I think I kind of compare it to when you turn 30, I think there's this hype, this like negative kind of connotation with turning 30. Everyone's like, oh, you're turning 30. Like, oh my gosh, how do you feel? Like, are you okay? Fucking great. And then you turn 30 and you're like, wait, this is awesome. I love being in my 30s. I feel so much more confident. I feel so much connected with myself. I actually Mm -hmm. feel great. And I don't want to go back to my 20s. You could not pay me to go back to my 20s. And that's kind of how I feel about dating in my 30s. There was like this negative connotation, like, oh, are you going to be okay? Like, you're in your 30s. <laughs> are, you, are you okay, Jack? Like, it's going to be okay, deep breaths. And then now that I started dating for the last few months, I'm like, oh, wait, I really like this. This actually feels great. And I don't want to go back to dating in my 20s. No, dating in your 20s sucks. It's like, it also... The type of guy you're looking for changes because, you know, I don't want to generalize here, but, you know, I can I can speak for at least the both of us. Like we're more established in our careers and we're like financially secure. We're work yeah. secure. We're more emotionally secure in what we want and want from a partner, what we know we need mm-hmm. that it really changes the dating scape on like what we tolerate and what we're looking for because the type of guy I look for now is not the type of guy I looked for in my 20s that I ever thought I would date a hundred percent a hundred percent I think that that's probably the biggest factor is being more 
confident in yourself and and being established. Like it, it, I think it takes this huge pressure off. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I need to find someone. It's like, no, me, like I'm good. I've got my career. I've got my friends. I've got my family. I have my financial security. Like you better bring something to the table. Otherwise, match me. Smell you later, buddy. Um, <laughs> smell you later. <laughs> Hopefully you can't smell them. I don't know. Or hopefully they smell good. Maybe they just need a little travel size cologne thing from Amazon. <laughs> Linked in Danny's bio. <laughs> Swipe up. Use my code. So that actually leads me to something that I actually heard. I think I heard this on a podcast a few weeks or a few months ago, and it really stuck out to me. And I don't know if I agree with it 100%, but it really mm-hmm. made me think about, again, being in in my 30s now, having gone through a really tough relationship and a really tough breakup and divorce, where like the qualities now that I look for in a partner and the qualities that I really want to make sure I don't get anymore. Mm -hmm. So I heard this tip that finding a long term partner or a spouse is kind of like finding a business partner. Your business partner would offer so many different qualities than just like a dating partner. Like finding a dating partner is probably pretty easy. Someone that is fun to go out with, someone that you can enjoy dinner with, someone that, um, you know, makes you laugh. But a business partner has the qualities of like responsibility and honesty and open communication and... Mm like emotional stability, like you wouldn't jump into starting a business with someone that didn't have those qualities. Right? Right. So when you're talking lifelong partner, right? So when you're thinking of a lifelong partner, would you start a business with this person? Mm. Are they trustworthy enough? Are they honest enough? Are they reliable enough? Right? Are they going to be there when things get tough? Those are the qualities that you would look for in a business partner. So why are you not looking for those qualities in a romantic partner? What do you think of that? No, I love that. I mean, initially, when you're saying that part of me is like, well, way to take the romance out of dating. But then it's also like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for me, that all centers back on communication and honesty, because you can't have passion, you can't have uh, romance without honesty and communication. Right. On like what you want and what you need. Right. You may think, I think that's where like sometimes Mm -hmm. you get tripped up. It's like you may think it's romance and passion. Yeah. You might get butterflies every time he texts you because he hasn't texted you in two days. Mm -hmm. But that's not honest, true. That's not someone that's going to be for you, be there with you every day. Right. That's some bullshit. Right. Butterflies are toxic. They're just flying worms. Did you just come up with that? What? Flying worms. They are. I fucking hate butterflies. The actual butter. Like, I don't like I get panic attacks. I'm like, uh, like physical butterflies and moths and stuff like that. Like butterfly sanctuaries or those little things like can come and land on you. That is my worst fucking nightmare, Jack. Like, yeah, I will not set foot in those. Like, don't come near me. What? I hate them. Oh, my gosh. I kind of like they're them. pretty. They can like stay. They can stay over there. Like. You you end up coming near me. Mm-mm. Maybe that's how I learned that butterflies are toxic. Oh I don't know. 
<laughs> I think I have heard that before. Like, um, or when I think it was Dr. Z said, when you get that, when you get a feeling after a first few dates with someone like, oh, I feel like I've known this person forever. That's not mm-hmm. always a great sign. Yeah. Because it's like, someone can be really comfortable to talk with that you might feel like a genuine connection with. Yeah. But if they're saying things like, I think I just met my soulmate. I think this love is legendary. And you've been out with them like three times. Yeah. Red flags. That's kind of flags. I'm going to watch out for stuff like that. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. So overall, definitely a lot of positives, I would say. Tons of positives. You're more sure of yourself in your 30s. Exactly. Also therapy. You know, I feel like more more adults join therapy in their 30s. <laughs> Didn't Adele say that? I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> She's like, I only make music for people who've been to therapy. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I love that. But yeah, overall, just, you know, dating, I think a lot of positives in your 30s. It's not mm-hmm. so scary. A lot easier to cut the bullshit. Much clearer on who you are and what you want. That being said, there definitely are some insecurities that come up. I don't want people to listen and think like, oh, everything is perfect. And Yeah, Jack, what's kind of coming up for you mm. now that you've started dating more? Because you're a very wanted woman. Like people, no, people are coming at you. But like... <laughs> what's what's kind of coming oh my gosh that's just because i that's just because i go out with you and i've got danielle on my side i just attract all the attention fuck no (laughs) we don't laugh we haven't we haven't been out together yet don't laugh not with your red hair yet not with my red hair yet (laughs) um but i want to so (laughs) a few things i think for sure i still get really nervous telling people my story like if it comes up Mm -hmm. because It's not really something I think that comes up on um, like a first date, but like the second or third, I start to get, I still get really nervous about sharing just because there's that fear of judgment. And I know that, you know, I'm very content with, again, like where I'm at and I know the truth of my story and my situation. And I know that the right person is going to be not just understanding, but I guess, will hopefully have like a different level of respect for what I've been through and mm-hmm. and see that. But I still for sure get nervous because I know people can be judgmental and maybe that's like something that they don't want to deal with. So I definitely get nervous bringing that up. Um, it's kind of like in the back of my mind. You don't want to be defined by it either. Right. So that's kind of why I try not to bring it up unless it comes up. Like I'm not going to, obviously I'm not going to like lie about it. If it comes mm-hmm. up naturally in conversation on a first date, I'll, I'll, I will. And then if, uh, but usually by the second or third, I feel like these conversations do start to come up in terms of past relationships. But that is something I think in general in your 30s too. It's like, if you're in your 30s, chances are you've had a, 
you've had a long-term relationship that Mm -hmm. didn't work out. So why didn't it work out? Right. So I'm still kind of getting comfortable talking about it with men. So stay tuned for that because we're getting there. And then, you know, I'm not going to lie. There have been moments and it makes me, I'm trying not to be too hard on myself with this because overall, I like in terms of like body image and all that, I I always thought I was in a really incredible place with that. Like I've been in a really good place with that for the past five years or so, just really comfortable in my skin, comfortable in my body, really just happy with, with all of that. But now I think being, you know, 32 and, and dating, it's like this extra pressure of like, oh, in the back of my mind, it's like, oh, well, you don't look like you did last time you were single. You don't look 24 anymore. You have, you know, smile lines around your eyes and you, you know, aren't, (laughs) you don't have those like crazy abs that you used to. And, you know, just like little things like that, I think are in the back of my mind that are definitely triggering some insecurities. And I'm trying not to be hard on myself because I know that this is like a natural thing that probably comes up. Uh, Yeah, it is. I can completely relate to that. And it's like you worry about what you look like naked. Yeah. You haven't had to. Right. And and there's like nothing more vulnerable than standing like naked in front of someone. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, well, I wasn't like planning on sharing this, but because I'm not necessarily proud of like why I did it, but I'm glad that I did it because it's made me personally feel better. So like back in February, they were having like recalls and stuff or like they were showing like more links to uh, like lymphoma with like certain types of breast implants. And like, I happen to have, uh, the type of breast implant that was, um, it was like a textured implant and they were showing like some links and stuff to, to breast cancer and lymphoma. And I was like, well, thank God I work for a plastic surgeon, you know, like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, get these suckers out of me. Like let's swap these babies out. But then, you know, the pandemic was also really hard and, Mm -hmm. Like I really, I struggled with body image a lot there too, because it was like my body changed a ton. Mm -hmm. Like I gained close to like 45 pounds during the pandemic. And like, I just didn't feel, Mm -hmm. I didn't feel right in my body. Like my Mm -hmm. body felt really tired, really heavy. And I think, I mean, like we'll put a trigger warning and stuff on this episode for, for talking about weight, but that was like really hitting me. Like those insecurities were really hitting me. And I was like, well, if I'm going to be under, what if we just, you know, suck out a few of these things that like I couldn't get like off, you know? And for me, at least led me down a better path of trying to get more physical activity in, working Mm -hmm. on strength as opposed to you know, weight loss, like body long, like longevity, health. And so like, yeah, I had, I had some lipo done as well. And I'm glad I did. I feel a lot better in my body. It's helped, you know, but like, obviously that's not the answer for 
everybody. And like, there's a big part of me that hates that I wasn't able to just embrace this body for, you know, getting me through the pandemic, keeping me healthy. And there were things that like I wanted to change about it, but it also made me feel better. And I know there's a lot Mm -hmm. within that whole, you know, toxic world of what we're supposed to look like and body types are supposed to maintain. But long-winded way of saying I, I feel for you. And I mean, what I did was like felt right for me. I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. do it for anyone but me, but. Well, I'm really proud of you for for opening up and being so honest because you're right. Women, especially, especially as we get older, there are so many unrealistic expectations that we are mm-hmm. expected to uphold. And those insecurities get very real. And Mm -hmm. there are moments when you don't feel like you are yourself in your body. And I know that that was a decision that you took a lot of time considering. And um, like you said, that was a decision that you made for you. There was no man in the picture. There was no any external pressures. It was something that you really considered for yourself and yourself only yeah but yeah I feel you so that's like a work in progress I think you know Mm -hmm. just like just like all insecurities it kind of comes and goes like there are some days where I'll put on a pair of leather leggings and some boots and I'll be like damn look at your ass like you look great like get out you do look great you're fucking hot oh shut up and then there's other days where you know, I like pluck out a gray, a few gray hairs and I'm like, oh my God, like what the fuck? <laughs> so it, it, it comes and goes, mm-hmm. stay tuned, send your tips, send your love. Um, but yeah, I guess that's just like a long way for both of us saying that, you know, we all struggle with insecurities when it comes to that, when it comes to body image and external stuff, like it comes and goes for everyone and, mm-hmm. and, um, ultimately just make decisions that are are best for you and that make you feel most true to yourself yeah but like also guys don't freaking care (laughs) i know isn't that so true it's so it's like (laughs) they like don't actually care i know we're so much harder on ourselves than i mean there are partners but if like a guy is like actively looking at you and being like you should probably lose some weight that you're like romantically interested in Uh, No. Bye. (laughs) Well, you know, Jack, we were kind of talking the other day about what types of first dates Mm. you'd go on. And whenever I recommend like a first date, it's always during the day. It's like a public walk. It's going for coffee, you know, something that's chill, doesn't necessarily have any sort of expectation on it. Mm -hmm. It's public Mm -hmm. because y'all know we got to be safe out there. What makes you feel like? Ooh, that's a good question because I do love that. I think that meeting with someone in a sober environment especially is so important not gonna lie right now that feels very scary for me to meet someone (laughs) 
for the first time for coffee. I think it's because there's so many, like I said, there's still so many nerves and this like anxious energy that I have that meeting someone for coffee feels like a lot like that. (laughs) And I know that is terrible to say out loud just for a first date. I think for a second date, a hundred percent, but I think it goes back to say like, it's not just this anxious and you know, this anxious energy I have around sharing my story. I think I'm also really guarded right now in that's totally fair. The sense of like, I'm kind of on the lookout for red flags and I'm um, still kind of like trying not to jump to conclusions or be judgmental or, you know, all these Mm -hmm. things that are in a way protecting myself from um, a potentially bad partner or bad dating situation. So I think for now, for me, a first date's going to look like just drinks, keeping it like not super long, like not a full on dinner situation. Um, when I say drinks, like one or two, you know me, I don't really like (laughs) go crazy anymore. You're not Uh, meeting them at like 10 o'clock at night. No, 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 no. Like a happy hour situation is kind of like best case scenario. I'd say like Mm -hmm. five o'clock, let's go get a glass of wine somewhere public. If it's still nice out, let's go outside. Second date, coffee, walk. Those are all great. Mm hmm. But with that being said, like, that's something that I'm working on. Like, that's not something I'm super proud of. And I want to try to be better with that. And that leads me to, like, a few other things that I'm trying to (laughs) be a little bit more conscious of as I start this new chapter of dating. So we also talked about the kinds of people I'm going on dates with. And... (laughs) Do you want to share a funny story? <laughs> Do you want to share an awkward date? Oh, my God. Yes. We all know you had so much fun in Italy, but like. <laughs> okay. Let's I'm going to save my bad dating story to the very end of the episode. So you guys can end on um, my hilarious, terrible date that I went on, because hopefully that won't become a segment where I talk about a terrible date I went on. <laughs> But it's going to be a segment at the end of this episode. So overall, I will say I am trying to be more open-minded to different personality types. Mm, I think usually I am intrigued by the guy that is super confident, maybe even a little arrogant. Mm, There's a lot of red flag. For sure. (laughs) For sure. Like guys that, you know, will come up to me at the bar and like and strike up conversation. Yeah. And realistically, like that's leaving out a whole group of people, like people that are more shy and reserved that probably are like a very good personality type to balance me. So I'm trying to be more open minded to one personality types to people that Mm -hmm. are more shy and reserved that that take a little bit of time to get to know. And that might mean that the first date is a little awkward and that's okay. Yeah. Um, awkward first dates aren't a bad thing. Like especially... We all saw my awkward first date. <laughs> True. True story. Should we roll the video footage for everyone? Oh my God, it was so awkward. It was so great, but it was so awkward. Oh my God, it was awkward. It was awkward, but it's sweet. And, and I yeah. think that, that that date is actually a really good reminder for people that 
awkward first dates are okay. It means that you're probably nervous because you care and that's not a bad thing. No, very genuine. (laughs) Amazing. Okay, so in addition to saying yes to awkward first dates, I'm trying to be a little bit more open to age range in dating as well. So guys, Mm -hmm. I'm 32. I'm curious what you guys think is like age appropriate for... Me yeah, what are your dating <laughs> parameters on dating apps? Okay, so my dating parameters right now, I'm 32, are 29 to 43. Yeah, so and that's fair. I think it's fair. I'll say like when a guy comes up that's like 29, 30, it feels young. I'm kind of like, eh, you know? Mm-hmm. And then again, on the other end, when I'm seeing like 42, 43, it does feel like it's a little out of my age range on the other way. but. I appreciate the usually maturity that comes with that, with the age. So, um, so that's what it is for now. So I'm trying to be more open-minded about that. And then of course, just being more open-minded about people's situations, you know, whether that is yeah. there, they also came out of a marriage, whether they have children, those are all things that I think with my own age and maturity comes a much deeper understanding and openness to that moving forward. So, Yeah. Look at me. I'm so evolved. (laughs) You're so evolved. I'm really not, you guys. Like I'm usually just over here texting Danielle pictures of hot guys. Hey, what do you think of this guy? She's like all the people that she meets on Raya, because she's a badass and could get on it. (laughs) Okay, to be fair, I've only been on like one official Raya date. I Is that the bad date story you want to tell later? No, 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 no. That's, oh, wait. So I've been on two, actually. <laughs> I forgot about the bad date. I forgot about that date. Um, no, so I've been on two Raya dates. One was really great and one was really terrible. I think with Raya, like with the apps, they're fun. Like they're good to have in the background. But I, I am going to, I think, try a little bit just to kind of focus on me a little bit more. I know that sounds so cliche, but just kind of like, do my own thing and see how it goes meeting someone organically. And if I have trouble with that, then I can go back to the app. But for now, mm-hmm. it's kind of been like a good mix. So yeah, that's where we're at. I think we also need to touch on some toxic masculinity in dating and like what women are still allowing or like think is okay. Mm. Like wanting someone to fight for you and like fight with you does not equate a healthy relationship. Mm. Open communication? Yeah. Talk. Have honest conversations. Mm-hmm. But you don't need to get into yelling matches to discuss something that's bothering you. That sort of mindset perpetuates a guy should know what you're thinking at all times because uh they don't. And if you can't communicate what you want, no one else is going to know what you want. But like the power should be equally distributed in a relationship. It shouldn't be, well, a guy is just supposed to pursue you entirely. Well, no, like you both should be equally pursuing each other and like equally invested in each other. Fighting for someone does not look like yelling. You should not have to threaten to leave in order to make a person realize that they want to stay with you or love you. Like that's not love. That is not long term. That is perpetuating this like toxic archetype of a male that we are actively trying Mm -hmm. to break down. We want men 
who can communicate mm-hmm. what they want that are honest and vulnerable because you want to be in a safe mm. relationship. You do not want to be in something long-term that you are constantly walking on eggshells wondering when each other is going to fly off the handle. That is not safe. That is not healthy. Mm-hmm. That is nothing that is going to last long-term. That does not mean they love you. And that's not something you want to see early on, like especially. It's not something you want to see ever, no. let alone early on. And if you're starting to see that early on, I think that's a pretty big red flag. And women should not be encouraging that type of behavior. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that this also comes with a bit of maturity and understanding as you get older, the important qualities to look for in a partner. And and if you are a cis woman and looking for a cis male, like trying to break down some of those gender roles and some of those like really almost archaic beliefs that we have. That a man is supposed to be the manly man and the provider and I will scoop up my woman and go and bang her. You know, like, Jesus. A hundred percent. You know, I think that this even opens up like a greater conversation too about like the beginning stages of dating. Yeah. And like you said, I don't, I think that it's 2022. And when, if you're a strong woman that has her shit together, There's no reason why you shouldn't be asking a man out on a date. And even like little things like I don't think it's wrong when a woman like offers to split the bill. I don't think it's wrong. You know, he buys he buys dinner. You buy drinks. I I think that that's extremely fair and appropriate. And I love that you brought this up because this probably isn't something that I would have really thought of when I was in my 20s. I think I was you know, drawn to some of that more masculine energy. And that's not always a good thing. No. If it's balanced well with, I mean, like, I hate to say like masculine and feminine energy because it's almost more like a nurturing energy versus Mm -hmm. not like Mm -hmm. aggressive is the wrong word for it, but like labeling something as like masculine, feminine just doesn't seem like the right thing anymore when it's just people have different energies that they bring Mm -hmm. to relationships Mm -hmm. but I think it's incredibly attractive when a guy has a their shit together b can communicate their needs and show massive amounts of empathy and the ability to communicate with other people couldn't agree more another thing I feel like that comes up dating in our 30s is kids right mm-hmm. because women have a very mm-hmm. unfair timeline placed upon them we all know the statistics or i'm sorry people with uterus or like the ability to carry children the statistics are not great for us the longer that we wait to procreate and have kids mm-hmm. and that's not fair that is genetics And that just sucks. But I feel like that is something that, again, like cis men are conditioned to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She just wants to have kids like right away, you know, and get married and all this stuff. And it's like, no, like we have more opportunities now to put like reproduction on a little bit more of the back burner, thankfully, which, you know, isn't always 
an end all be all doesn't necessarily guarantee you're going to have a kid. But one thing, and I've talked about it on past podcasts, and I know you're really interested in doing it too, is freezing our eggs just to take that pressure off. Yeah. You're completely right. It's just unfair that we do have to have this realistic conversation with ourselves about the potential of starting a family and carrying a child. If that's something that you want or that you aren't sure if you want, but might mm-hmm. want in the future, it is a realistic conversation that we start have to start having with ourselves. And one, yes, I do think it's it, that's like another insecurity that's kind of come mm-hmm. up for me, at least personally, in the back of my mind. Like, girl, same. Is this going to be an issue with a potential partner that they're going to look at my age number and think right away, oh, she's going to want to mm-hmm. have kids right away, or I don't want to have to rush things, right? And freezing your eggs is unfortunately a massive privilege yeah. that takes a lot of time and a lot of mm-hmm. money and a lot of resources. But on the other side, it is, I think, in my opinion, like a one of the most empowering things you can do for yourself yeah. if you can figure that out. So yes, D and I are We are actively trying to figure that out for ourselves. <laughs> Stay tuned because we're hoping that this is something we can figure out soon and kind of share with you guys on the on this entire process of yeah. doing it. Because it is, I think freezing your eggs, it takes away that pressure, I think for sure from a partner, but more importantly for yourself of, I have these, you know, in my case, it'd be 32 year old eggs. I have these eggs that I froze when I was Mine this will age. Be 37. And I mean, but still, it's still good. It's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. And having them as like a security Mm -hmm. and having them as even just a peace of mind and something that you don't have to feel the pressure when you start dating someone of, okay, we're dating. And then you start doing the the thing where you're like, well, I'm 32. If we date for this many years, and then let's say we want to get engaged and get married, then I'll be this age. It's like, Those are real conversations that people that can carry children Mm -hmm. have and they have to have. So hopefully freezing your eggs can give you a few more years, but more so, like I said, just empower you and and give you the choice and give you time to prioritize yourself and make sure that you're picking the right partner if that is something that you want to do. Exactly. Yeah, because we're not about to just jump in and... And have a kid with someone just to have a kid. Yeah, hell no. I think especially like that's the other thing. I think, you know, there's this misconception, maybe not for everyone, but now that Mm -hmm. you're in your 30s, it's like, oh, are you going to, you know, you got to get settled down and you got to meet someone. You got to get married. You got to have kids. I don't know. At least for me, I feel the complete opposite. I'm like, oh, fuck that. I am taking my sweet ass time. I really need to make sure that I don't make the same mistakes that I did last time Mm -hmm. and that I truly find someone that is safe and stable and yes, honest and all of the qualities that really would make a great partner and a great father if that's like what I decide I want. That's something that I've had to come to terms with too, like the older that I get. Yeah. Is that it just might not be something that's in the cards for me. Because when you think about meeting someone and dating, and I mean, like, my God, like I could be in my 
the 40s before like a relationship that I'm in, like any relationship mm-hmm. would be the right time to have a kid, you know? So it's like, that's why I want to freeze my eggs. I would just want to have that as like an insurance policy, you know, just in case. But again, like you just don't want to do something like that with the wrong person. Yeah. It's like you've at least, waited at least for me almost in a sense, you know? like you've waited this long. I'm not just going to have a Bring kid a- with anybody like. Right. That's not fair to the kid. Right. I feel like that's kind of the more angle that I take it as the older you get. It's like, well, I've waited this long. I'm not just going to do it with anybody do it with anybody like you better bring a shit yeah. ton to the table otherwise <laughs> otherwise what did I say otherwise smell you later <laughs> smell you later well Jack on that smell you later note I think we need to leave the guests <laughs> with your the worst date that you've been on thus far no, it's so bad I already know it so <laughs> lay it on them <laughs> okay <laughs> I'll make this quick and I am going to keep off any like personal identifiers to make sure I don't. Um... His name is blah, 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 and he lives in blah, 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 blah. Okay. So I did go on. Thank you for that. I did go on a first date. <laughs> Fuck. I don't even know where to start. So <laughs> overall, uh, it was a little awkward at first, which was, you know, fine. Uh, like I said, trying to be open minded. And again, first date. So at, a certain point, he started bringing up his child that he had a son, which is, again, totally fine. That's something that I'm very open to at this point in my life would be dating someone with a, a child or children. Kept bringing up the ex. So almost to the point where I was like, does this guy want me to like ask about what happened with the ex so again first date I'm like I don't know if I should ask but young child he kept bringing it up so uh, of course I kind of I I I poked and I said you know well you have a child and you keep talking about your ex so like what's the story what happened I'll not forget he just turns to me and he goes okay full disclosure I'm like oh god nothing ever goes well when you start with full disclosure this poor guy full disclosure I had an affair on my wife while she was pregnant. And while our son was sick in the NICU for the first two months of his life, and then proceeds to go on and tell me about the woman he had an affair with. And (laughs) like, you were his man's therapist. Tried to justify. What did he want you to tell him? Oh, that's okay. Been there? Like, I was like, (laughs) cool. So you're a terrible person. Awesome. (laughs) Um, gotta go. Feeling a little flush. Gotta get out of here. Triggered. Definitely a little triggered. And he was like, well, what happened with you? And I was like, I was like, I gotta go. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I have no sympathy for you, dude. I was like, gotta go. He was like totally still in love with the woman that he like had an affair with. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. Clearly it didn't work out with them because he's on the stake with me. But I will say it was very uncomfortable. I was very triggered. I respect the honesty. Like at least he yeah. was straight up and honest. You probably have to be because... If there is an ex that's involved because of a child, like the truth is going to come out eventually. So Mm -hmm. 
best that he just be honest. Best of luck to him. He's probably learned in the past that it's better just to get it out on the first date because like if if he waits longer then yeah I mean so at least he got that out of the first date so I didn't waste any more time um and then the I'll never oh my god one of the comments he made I just wish it was followed up with like I've done I like I'm in therapy actively working through my decisions on like why and all this stuff you know that would have been a at one point, he did say that he he admitted to making a mistake, you know, but I'm, I mean, for me, it's just a no. I'm usually a pretty understanding and can meet you in the great person. But when it comes to cheating, it's... Well, your baby's sick in the NICU. Especially an affair, like where you are consciously making a decision to lie to the one person that you're supposed to have the most trust in day after day after day after day like you can literally go kick rocks and die sorry was that harsh (laughs) no because I think a lot of people are feeling the same way I don't I don't have empathy for that yeah you communicate that you're unhappy I don't have empathy no I really don't and I don't yeah I just it's just something that if you're capable of doing that with the one person that you're not supposed to I don't think that that I, I just could never trust someone that has done that in their past, yeah. like consistently made that choice. It's just it's a no. Well, for good me. for you for listening to that boundary. <laughs> and it is not up to you to fix him or be oh God, the no. person that makes him a better man. Bless the woman who does, if there is one, because shit. I hope he does some I hope he does some therapy and self-work. So, like I said, I really hope that this does not become a segment on our show. <laughs> Girl, it won't. You've had other, a few other, many other good dates since I've had then. A, the good ones have canceled out the bad ones. Yes. As with all dating. <laughs> oh, But you're gosh. just giving us entertainment here. But on that note, Jack and I cannot wait to speak with you next week on The Woman. Make sure to listen, download, share, you know, share with your friends who are maybe in some toxic relationships or struggling with dating. Like we're all there. Mm -hmm. We've all been there. Yes. And if you are maybe entering, re-entering the dating world later in life, or like Dee said, you have some friends in toxic relationships or they are heading back into the dating world. I hope that you found this helpful. Share, rate, review, all the things. You know where to find us on Instagram. We are back on TikTok. And we will catch you next Friday. On that note, WOMED out.